as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six-fold Impala Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. We're finally back! They finally showed back. us some movies. <laughs> <laughs> they finally showed us some movies. We survived hurricanes in Texas. And... Oh my god, yes. <laughs> this August, it's it's seriously the most bare-bones August I've ever seen in my history of doing this. So it's, there was what? nothing, that, literally the last movie I saw in theaters before it was The Hitman's Bodyguard, and that was like a month ago. Oh my gosh, and 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 the box office shows it, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of cutting to the chase here, but it had a huge opening weekend, and oh, I can't help. Oh, records away, yeah. Yeah, I can't help but think it's just because it's been a desert since, like, the middle of July, and people are finally clamoring for, like, anything that might be a good movie. And it's like, oh, here, here's something that looks like a good movie, and boom, everybody shows up. It's and, it's yeah. just been awful. Uh, uh, and as we'll come back later on, uh, it was a good movie. Uh, but before we talk about that, Andy got a chance to see Trip to Spain, which they didn't even show to us, and I wasn't even on my radar. So I know this is, what, the third one in the trilogy? This is. the. This started with the trip. This is Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan, uh, who the, the first movie was... Uh, it's fictionalized versions of these two British comedians, and uh, they get set up to go on a trip through England and go review restaurants, and uh, they're riffing off of each other, and they're kind of frenemies. And, of course, uh, you may remember this great scene where they have dueling Michael Caine impressions. Yeah. And, and very good. And so because we need a sequel, they went on a trip to Italy, and, of course, there were plenty more... Michael Caine impressions with uh, with the Italian job and you are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off <laughs> and because we need a trilogy here they are back and, and of course the uh, the funny joke in this is that um, Steve Coogan between the last movie and this was nominated for an Academy Award for Philomena and, mm-hmm. and uh, so he he kind of works that into every conversation. And so Rob Bryden is incessantly picking on him because he's always bringing up the fact that he's now Oscar nominated. But they're going through Spain. And of course, they're they're talking about Don Quixote because they're going through Spain. And uh, they bring it up that when uh, Cervantes wrote Don Quixote, he was 53 and they're both 53 and what does it mean to be getting on in age and to be middle-aged and, and you know, to be, to be on their own quest to do whatever it is they're doing and mostly just being arrogant bastards. Uh, the, the, other, the other great thing about this is, of course, they keep talking about the, the history of Spain and the Moors. And because of that, every time they bring up the Moors, sometimes that turns into doing an impression of Roger Moore and... Every single bad James Bond impression uh, comes into play here. And there's this great scene where um, they bring out this this great dish of of scallops with uh, with caviar and uh, sauce on top, and there's there's two of them and uh, one for each of them. And so they they do this kind of riff off of it, like one of them is poisoned. And it's uh, it's Scaramanga, Christopher Lee, 
and Roger Moore as James Bond from Man with the Golden Gun, and they're you know riffing <laughs> off of it and trying to get each other to choose like which one is the poison scallop, and it's it's ridiculous. But if if you've seen the first two of these movies, uh, you know what this is. You're gonna love it. Uh, there's kind of a sweet center, despite all of this riffing off of one another. Um, I have to slight it with this weird major problem, though. No spoilers, but the ending is kind of off. Oh, really? It sets it up for a sequel, or if there isn't a sequel, I don't know what they're doing because they really left it hanging. <laughs> and it's just, it's just weird. But, um, but a fun little movie, and uh, you know, if you've seen the first two. You'll love the third, and uh, and go see that. Um, not as great as the first two. I actually liked uh, the trip to Italy better than I liked the original trip. Um, this one, I would say, is the third of all of the three. Still very good. You know, it's it's trilogy-itis. The third one is never quite as good. Uh, but that being said, six out of ten. Liked it very much. Would see again. Nice. So, yep. interesting. So, yeah, it's not as good as the first two, but... Uh, and again, this is I, this wasn't even on my radar. I had no clue this was even coming out. I've seen nothing for it, no marketing. No, no I mean, even in my uh, screener emails, it hasn't been listed. So I, this one just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so check your local indie cinema and and check for it to show up on, on BBC America in a few months, probably, is yeah. where you'll probably see it next. And probably Netflix and stuff, too. So Yep, yep. Uh, but too. speaking of movies that did get a lot of buzz... Um, oh. I don't think you could have gone anywhere in this country and escaped the marketing campaign for it. Uh, it was it was literally everywhere. Uh, it was nonstop commercials, trailers. Uh, this was being incredibly hyped. And what's interesting is is considering the fact this is going to be a two a two movie series because we've got the first one which tells the story of the kids fighting Pennywise the evil clown. And then we get uh, the second one with them coming back as adults because, spoiler alert, it comes back every 27 years. Deal with it. The book's been out for 30 years. Grow up. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a spoiler. It's been out for 30 years. If the book's older than I am, it's not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, Trivia, this is 27 years from when the made-for-TV miniseries came out on TV. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> A little piece of, uh, you know, uh, synchronicity there. Yeah, and they actually they, they set the, the the sequel up to take place like in 2015, 2016. So yep. when it comes out in two years, it'll be kind of close to chronologically speaking where we exist. Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is that uh, the other Stephen King movie we got this summer was Dark Tower, which you'd think would have they would have invested more time and effort into because that's the one that's going to have the TV series and a secondary movie, um, kind of this whole big story going along with it. And that one was, you know, overall a flop. I mean, I we, we talked about it. I I liked it overall, but I know people who yeah, were good. huge fans of the book didn't like it for the most part. They were really taken aback because it didn't really carry over that well. Uh, you can't say the same thing about it. This uh, again, no. based on Stephen King's novel uh, back in the eighties. Uh, it's about this small town, Derry, Maine, because all of his stories take place in New England because Stephen King did way too much cocaine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And basically, it's it's this small town, and it starts out with this little kid, Georgie. He's uh, got a sailboat. It's raining. He's playing with it in the uh, rain, and all of a sudden, it goes down a gutter, and he goes to get it, and this really creepy-looking clown's like, oh, hey, Georgie, my name's Pennywise. Hi, Georgie. Hi, Georgie. Uh, played wonderfully by Bill Skarsgård. Like, he's... And Bill Skarsgård's a good-looking dude, and they just make him the creepiest 
mother effer you've so ever creepy. seen in your life. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, he's like, oh yeah, the you know that I got blown down here in the rain. Here, come get your uh, your sailboat. And so he goes to get it, and the clown bites his arm off and drags him down to the sewer, and essentially, we, as far as we know, kills him. Uh, we flash forward to summertime, and you know there's warnings everywhere, like hey, there's a curfew, don't go outside past seven. Kids are disappearing, and we meet uh, Georgie's brother Bill, uh, along with his his kind of mismatched group of misfits, uh, like Richie, the Mike, Losers Club, the losers, they call themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Stanley, uh, Ben, and then this new girl they meet, Beverly, who's played by Sophia Lills, Lills, who absolutely steals this movie. I can't wait to see yes. what she's next. She's she's like um. Oh, what's her name? The, the guy just played Eleven in Stranger Things. Oh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, and actually, we'll yeah. go back to Stranger Things because this movie is very heavily influenced by Stranger Things. Um, she absolutely steals the movie, and I cannot wait to see what she does next because every moment she's on the screen, she's electric, electrifying. So, anyways, these kids get together and they're together yeah, the Losers Club, and they're um, all of a sudden all sort of having weird things happen to them. They, they're all seeing this clown or like this leper thing or like a creepy lady in a portrait comes to life and they begin to realize that there's something haunting their town that's killing children and so they all band together to find a way to overcome this evil it pennywise creature and you know hopefully save the town and save everyone from being brutally murdered and kidnapped and destroyed so uh but yeah like, like i said before this is very very reminiscent of, of stranger things there's a lot of scenes of kids riding their bike around so it's like goonies stranger things uh stand by me also a stephen king movie and book uh, so, since we've had such a huge reliance on 80s nostalgia over the last couple of years, this really scratches that itch. But at the same time, it does manage to be incredibly creepy, downright scary. Not, I wouldn't say there's a lot of like jump scares, because there are a couple of good ones that get you. But there's yeah. just like a pervading sense of dread that yes. permeates every moment of this film. And it, it, it's fantastic. It's well shot. It's well made. The kids are great, and they all get, everyone gives great performances. And the one, the two things I was really not expecting with this was how absolutely funny it is because we've got kids being teenagers and acting like teenagers and learning how to cuss and saying horribly inappropriate things like kids do, um, and just absolutely how heartfelt it was. I mean, there is there are deep emotional moments. You really, really root for these characters. You feel for them, and it's yeah, it's it. I went in expecting a lot, and my expectations were completely blown away. Yeah, it's it's funny that you should mention both Stand By Me and Stranger Things because, I mean, what is Stranger Things but taking that, like, melange of uh, Stephen King and 80s, all of those classic 80s movies, The Goonies and and Space Camp, Explorers, you know, kids going on adventures and there's supernatural crazy stuff going on. And I, I think, though, the the comparison to stand by me is really appropriate here. Um, and one of the things I kept thinking about was, you know, you mentioned the eighties nostalgia, Adam, and, um, you know, when stand by me came out, there was that same sense of sort of fifties nostalgia. And so everything was set in the fifties and the original book of it, the kid's story was set in the fifties and, uh, you know, the same amount of time has passed um, between 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as evidenced by back to the future, (laughs) you know, Oh my God. uh, Does this mean that in 30 years from now, we're going to be looking back at the Trump days as the good old times. 
I sure hope not. <laughs> uh, but but maybe Mad Max guzzling wars and remember back when Trump was around. <laughs> but you know, people will be looking back at our day and remembering, you know, uh, Mad Max Fury Road and uh, Ex Machina and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. We hope, and you know, all of these other things uh, as you know highlights of pop culture and. Uh, I, I think that's that's where this comes from, and that and that great sense of you know, Stand by Me just nailed it with it, it being just about you know four kids going on an adventure and growing up, and and that's what this movie is all about. And they kept it simple, and you know, so much of the book and and Stephen King gets so caught up in his world building and his supernatural mumbo jumbo and giant alien spiders and world turtles and random stuff like that and it's like you know you can just have a movie about a bunch of kids fighting a monster and have it be about fear and have it be about loss and grief and have it be about growing up and that's all it has to be about and that's what this movie is and it's so good and that's why that's why this movie ultimately works because it's about these kids and you know you mentioned the girl who plays Beverly she's awesome uh shout out to Jordan Lieberher who plays you know the the main kid uh who we saw in St. Vincent and Midnight Special he's great and and of course you know crossover oh that is the kid from Midnight Special I didn't realize that yeah, he's the kid from Midnight Special, and uh, and oh, and you get Finn that movie's still so amazing. Like I I love that movie so much. Yeah, and you get Finn Wolfhard from from Stranger Things, and yeah. he he and he's got the foulest mouth of any of them. He's like he's like the Eric Cartman of the group. He's so great, and uh, they just they just nail that. Like that's what being thirteen was like, especially in the eighties, and oh, uh, and right down to. Even doing a, a a cleaning up montage with a jaunty '80s soundtrack. Did yeah. you notice that? <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> I, when I figured out that's what they were doing, I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> they put in a cleaning up '80s montage. This is so great. So, uh, and they, I just was tickled by this movie, and and you can enjoy it on so many levels because it's funny. It's scary. It's not just the jump scares. It's super atmospheric. But it, I think it also has something to say about, you know, fears and facing your fears, and 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 that's and that's where it really hits home. Well, yeah, and, and the one thing too is I, as much as I love horror, I almost do hold it to a higher standard because I know how easily you can make a lazy horror movie. I mean, you can who you can do like The Witch, where you've got random jump scares just because. Oh, I'm gonna make a loud noise happen. Like Annabelle did that too. The first one, not, not the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind a good jump scare. All of this, all of yeah. the um, supernatural or not supernatural paranormal activity. All of the paranormal activity movies. Yeah, yeah. which jump scares. I, I, I like the first one because the first one's a cool idea and creepy, but they just yeah. lost from there. But so as much as I, I do love these kind of films, I do hold them to that higher standard because I know how. I mean, anyone can go out there. And spend ten dollars to make a horror movie that's quote unquote scary. I mean, we, we see it happen all the time, and and that's fine. Sometimes you want a, co- a cool cheesy B horror movie. Um, I mean, you, you look at you know Slither for instance, which is one of James Gunn's earlier works that no one remembers. It was a B horror movie, but it knew what it was, and so it was winking at you the whole time and having yeah. fun doing that. Yeah, but so many of these, unfortunately, so many of these of these 
these films try to take themselves way too seriously. And what I love so much about it is, like I mentioned before, was there's this pervasive feeling of dread throughout the entire movie. And like honestly, at the end of it all, when I walked out, I saw it with uh, Eddie and our friend Kat. We all kind of agreed, like, we thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it was based on the trailers and how creepy things were. And don't get me wrong, it's scary as hell. Like, there's a lot of moments that just wigged me out. And I was like, ugh, gross. Um, but it wasn't, like, jump scare like you've seen, like, in, I don't know, like, most horror movies where, like, every five seconds you're, on, you know, you're freaking out. This is more edge of your seat, kind of tense horror. Uh, but it's really smart, it's really well done. And, and like we've been saying, this, this is... It's really funny, it's really sweet, uh, it's really emotional, and this is the first time with a horror movie since I saw Cabin in the Woods that the moment I got done seeing it, I wanted to go right back and see it again. Uh, and, you know, that happens with action movies, comedies, uh, like a lot of Marvel stuff, but f- for me to say that about a horror movie is about as high praise as I can give it because it happens once every couple years. Um, yeah, me, nope. One and done. I saw it. Oh, really? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, thank you. Oh, no, uh, I want to go back I, and see it again. <laughs> yeah, I do not need that to see that again. But uh, for many of the same reasons why you would want to go see it again. I'm just like, nope. Nope. No, nope. We, nope. We've got a couple friends who we've been showing trailers to, and they're like, nope, nope, not going to see it. I'm like, no, but you have to. And then, like, they, they actually already released it. It's coming out in uh, on Blu ray and DVD on December 10th. And so when he texted them, Guess what comes out on December 10th? They're going to come watch with us. And I've been sending them gifs of Pennywise running through the water. And they're like, F you, F you, F, no, we're not doing that. I'm like, I'm going to put it on one day when you're not looking. <laughs> but no, this is, this is, this is what ho- good horror is about. Good horror, um, you know, it, it makes you, you hate the, the antagonist because it's creepy and scary and gives you chills the right way. You really root for the protagonists and they all play wonderfully. I mean, and Bill Skarsgård as... You know, Pennywise is magnificent. I mean, he's, like I said, he's this good-looking dude. I'm sure he was a model at some point in time. He's been in movies before. He's unrecognizable in this. And as much as, uh, so this movie started one time and was scrapped, and they had Will Poulter, who we uh, saw from Revenant, was originally going to be Pennywise. And apparently he gave, like, the best screen test slash audition for this character that anyone had seen. And while I'm still interested to see how that turned out, um... I don't know how you could have topped this performance from Bill Skarsgård because he is just the... I mean, because Tim Curry did a good Pennywise, but he was kind of more like the happy-go-lucky clown. This one's like, nope, F that. Nope, you're not getting near me. I I don't care if you had a million dollars down there. I would not put my hand (laughs) down that that drainage thing to get it for you. Nope, not going to happen. Definitely not for a balloon. Yeah, but Will Poulter, though, gave what I think is possibly an Oscar-worthy performance in Detroit as the main bad racist cop. So, so, you know, I, it's, it's interesting that he missed out on this to go do that because in a lot of ways, they're kind of the same role. They're the main bad guy in what is essentially a horror movie. And I, I think if you view Detroit as a horror movie and Will Poulter as the like evil monster at the center of it, it it takes on a new dimension, huh. but uh, but but he you know he was amazing. Skarsgård was amazing. Uh, you know I was not expecting this, and uh, was was very very pleased by that performance. So, but anyways, yeah. So I loved it. You seem to love it. Uh, I I I think I probably liked it a bit more than you did. We haven't actually discussed scores bit, yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm at a nine out of ten because it was absolutely fantastic and. 
this easily sits up there with probably in my top ten horror movies of all time. I mean, obviously, I got to go see it a bit more to get the the new movie smell off of it. Uh, sure. But I like I absolutely had a blast with it, and the highest praise I can give it is I wanted to go right back in and see it again. The only problem I have with this movie is that it as much as it fulfilled everything that it needed to be it it was kind of an easier lift because it just condensed it to this story about kids and a monster and that's great and actually uh, I think that's one of the selling points because it took them time to to get rid of all the extraneous fluff that, that Stephen King and other adaptations have put onto this to get to that. So that's very good. But that being said, there isn't much more to it than that. And in a year when the best movie of the year is a horror film, Get Out, that wears its social conscience on its sleeve, I, I, I kind of want a little tiny bit more. And they almost went there. And, and there are a couple there are a couple things in there um, that I was like, oh, okay, there there's going to be something else. Maybe they're saving it for the sequel. I don't know. Um, but still, I mean, I'm at an eight out of ten. This is a fantastic film, and people should go see it because there's nothing else out there in the main theater. Oh, and, and, and people people are going out. to see it. This is like blowing oh, away yeah. every single man for a, a, a September movie, for an R rated movie, for a horror movie. For a three-day opening, yeah, it's 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 good. Just uh, we, we were there. someone brought their ten-year-old, like seven-year-old kid to go see this movie. I was like, "What the hell is wrong with you? You have fun someone tonight when they won't sleep." Six-year-old to the press screening, and I'm just like, "Oh, oh. no." <laughs> so, okay, hey, we're, we're glad to be back. Uh, we you know, we're, we're glad to finally have something to talk about, and thankfully, it's actually a really good movie. And you know, Trip to Spain was pretty decent too. So, if you're a fan of those. Yep. Catch that one. Uh, next week, uh, I know that we're both seeing Darren Aronofsky's, uh, who did Black Swan, his horror movie Mother, which looks absolutely horrible and chilling and frightening. Mother! And, With and an exclamation point mother. and a small M. Yeah. <laughs> mother! They made then, very clear it is, yeah. it is a small M and an exclamation which point. Which is funny because it's out next week and it's not even rated yet. They haven't even... So you know they're fighting an NC-17 right now. There's something in there Whoa. that's messed up. So Uh-oh. there's something going on. Even the, the trailer we saw right before it, and actually last week during American Horror Story, they showed a trailer and it was like, uh, not ready. I'm like, this comes out in less than a week. <laughs> We're seeing it on Tuesday. So, um, so that was coming out. And then Andy, what are they showing you? They're not showing me. Uh, Rebel in the Rye, which is looks like one of these Oscar prestige uh, pictures about uh, the life and times of J.D. Salinger leading up to the writing of oh, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. I, I've seen the trailer for that now. now that, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, Nicholas Holt, uh, some other people. So, should be pretty good. I'm, oh, awesome. I'm excited to see that. And, and next week I'll have also uh, Brad's Status, which uh, was a new uh, kind of dramedy by Mike White starring Ben Stiller. Uh, him taking his kid to college and looking back on his life and all of his ne'er-do-well friends who have all done much better than him financially and having a little bit of ennui and a midlife crisis about it. And that actually, that's kind of what happens. Is always the outcasts tend to be the ones who become productive and actually become successful in life. <laughs> so, cool. We'll, well, yeah, we got that. Oh, and um, really fast before we forget, we do uh, just want to talk to you quickly about Comic-Con coming up. Uh, so it's yes. uh, less, less, than, less than two weeks. I have so much prep to do still. 
Um, so uh, we're both on panels, and actually, Andy and I we're both on two panels together this time. Um, yes. So for me, Friday I've got thirty years of Final Fantasy, uh, and then uh, that's Thursday. Sorry, Friday I've also got the Mandela Effect, the Bernstein Bernstein Bears Paradox with Andy for the first time. Uh, that night we've got Clean Filth, where Andy will be moderating a game show where we're going to be given uh, movie quotes from dirty movies that have the PG, uh, the TV edited lines put into it. We have to guess the movie and then return the line to its filthy glory. Uh, and then Saturday, I've got the LGBTQ panel. Uh, I've got uh, American Gods. Also, I'm doing one for KidCon, which is kind of fun. So it's a half-hour panel uh, for all the kids. We're going to be talking about who is cooler, Luke Skywalker or Boba Fett. And finally, I'll be wrapping it up. The very, very last panel um, will be 8 p.m. on Saturday, uh, talking about Riverdale, the uh, deliciously trashy Archie TV show on the CW that was kind of like Twin Peaks meets Archie. It was a lot of fun. We'll be discussing that and also where we think season two is going. Hint, hint, I think they're going towards Afterlife with Archie. <laughs> Spoiler alert, What? Who are, who are you, Team Boba Fett or Team Luke Skywalker? Oh, Team Luke Skywalker. Boba Fett doesn't do crap the whole movies. <laughs> <laughs> Man, too bad I'm not on that panel. We could, we could still... Uh, you know what, though? I, I probably have to agree that even... Uh, I love Boba Fett. He's my favorite, but... Oh, I, I can play devil's yeah. advocate and argue for both of it too. Just that if we're, we're we have a Facebook group, we're kind of deciding what, what lines are being drawn, and like I don't care what side I'm on. This is for the kids. I want them to have fun, and it's pretty much going to be letting the kids cheer along and scream out who they they like better, anyways. So, <laughs> absolutely, I'm I'm super excited because I get to do uh, a couple of KidCon panels. One of them, uh, I get to be on with my daughter uh, Ooh, nice. and Brian Young's daughter, Scout. Uh, and we are going to be discussing Five Nights at Freddy's. So nice. everyone who is a is a fan of that, and that will be that will be Saturday at two p.m. Uh, I have another KidCon panel about Roblox. So anyone who has kids who love playing Roblox, that's at eleven on on Saturday. Uh, and then on Friday, uh, a KidCon panel um, about Avengers and uh, and everything with that. Uh, other Comic-Con panels, Thursday at 7, uh, DC Television, Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Gotham, Black Lightning. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We have uh, two guests from the uh, Black Nerd Girls podcast, and uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun on, on that, along with some other people. You already mentioned um, Berenstain Bears. Uh, Saturday, or excuse me, Friday at one. Planet of the Apes. Um, Yay! Oh, yes, I love the Planet of the Apes. Um, you already talked about Clean Filth. Oh god, that's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> I'm me, putting me, Jimmy, and our friend Maddie versus the girls. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's probably gonna be. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a good time. Uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. So get there early. I think you might have to have a VIP pass to get in that early. But if if you can, uh, you, you should be able to get in. The, the, the floor yeah. will be open at 10. So yeah, 10 a.m. The class of '82. So all of our great uh, geeky sci-fi movies from 1982, Tron, uh, The Thing, uh, Star Trek uh, II. There's just a billion of a billion great movies. Um, Oh, E.T. Yeah, you mentioned E.T. So uh, at noon, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, and 
I gotta find a way to record that and 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 get that up on here because of my love for all things Mary Poppins. And then uh, Saturday at five, uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand: The Return. So talking about all of all of those great movies. And if you haven't caught up with MST3K on Netflix, now's a good time to do it before Comic-Con because we are going to talk about all those things. Reptilicus! Reptilicus! And get to talk about Reptilicus. I can't wait. It's going to be great fun. Awesome. Well, there's our, our, our panel listings. Uh, so if you see us, come say hi. Obviously, we're, we're friendly. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, glad to be back. And we'll be back next week with three new movies. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly. Well, broadsheet journalists have described my impressions as stunningly accurate. Well, they're wrong. I've not heard your Michael Caine, but I assume it would be something along the lines of. My name's Michael Caine. That is where you are right. so wrong. That's and you can look at my live video that's, for proof, that's, that's, because that's, I, that's the do, very thing I don't do. What, I do, say do, that he do, used to talk do, like that. Do you, Michael Caine? OK. I say, Michael Caine used to talk like this in the 1960s, right? But that has changed. And I say that over the years, Michael's voice has come down several octaves. Let me finish. And all of the cigars and the brandy don't let me finish can now be heard. OK. In the, I've not fucking finished in the back of the voice and the voice okay. now. Well, I've still not finished the voice. Because you're panicking. I've, yeah, because you look like you're about to bloody talk. Let me finish. Right, so, Michael Caine's voice now in the Batman movies and in Harry Brown. I can't go fast because Michael Caine talks very, very slowly. Right, this is how Michael Caine speaks. Michael Caine speaks to his nose like that. He gets very, very specific. It's very like that. When he gets loudly, it gets very loud indeed. It gets very specific. It's not quite nasal enough the way you're doing it, all right? You're not doing it the way he speaks. You're not doing it with the kind of... And you don't do the broken voice when he gets very emotional. When he gets very emotional indeed. She was only 16 years old. She was only 16... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. That's Michael Caine.